Hello, Philly fans and everybody in this chat. We know there's going to be a lot of Philadelphia fans after this one. Riker and I are reacting to the Toronto Raptors 104 to 101 defeat at the hands of Joel Embiid, at the hands of the Philadelphia 76ers, and we're going to break down this game, and we are going to give credit to Philadelphia throughout this podcast, but don't be, don't get it misinterpreted. Don't get it misguided. We still, still four games to be played in this series because the Raptors are winning every single out. They're winning out this playoff series. So for all the credit that we're giving the Sixers in this game and in this series so far, don't get it twisted. We still have the raps going on, but you got to hand it to Joel Embiid tonight who fought through the, the F and B chance, who fought through, you know, not having a, a pampered whistle, came out, played a very solid performance in this one. The Raptors played some great defense, made some great adjustments, but the, the Sixers just outplayed us tonight. That's the only real way to put it. Boy, I was ready to come out. First two games in the comment section we had all philly fans and they're running their mouths saying how do you expect you guys are delusional how do you expect that a team composed of six foot eight bigs are ever going to stop the physical prowess of joel and b go back look at the comment section that's it it's littered with those from philly fans i was ready to rebuke tonight and say ha, look what happens when the refs call an even game and when there's not touch fouls and we actually draw charges run our defensive sets perfectly. But like you said, down the stretch, in the fourth, in overtime, there was no cheese. There was parity on the whistle. Both teams were getting it, going back and forth, and then a couple big shots. You got to give it up to Philadelphia, Ben. But that's a fact. This is another fact is that you said this before the podcast. I'll say it now. We both agree. If you're going to come back from 0-3 against the team, this would this be the, the series coming back from Ben. <laughs> we have the recipe now. That was a good game. We figured out how to play. We get a little bit more energy next one, a little bit more optimism that we can win these games. And who knows? It's still a series. Yeah, without a doubt. We got a we got a, a super chat coming in from Champion Gold Gaming saying, We welcome all the Pascal slander tonight. Champion Gold Gaming. This is another thing Riker and I discussed no, at, at the beginning of the podcast. We need the Raptors to win out, or at least Pascal to have a good game four, game five, whatever games are going to be played, because we can't take another summer of defending this man, because we're going to do it. We love this guy, whether he's a number one, number two option. He deserves that contract. He deserves to be on this team. But y'all got to stop with the hate on Pascal. You can criticize this game, but let's not trade him to the Warriors for a bunch of their scrubs or anything like that. But... Folks, you guys already know what's going to happen, right? The betting lines, they're all going to go down on the Toronto Raptors following this game. They might be saying the trades are going to happen with Pascal Siakam, but you guys know what you're going to have to do. you got to put all the money on the Toronto Raptors doing something that's never been done in NBA history, in human history. Come back from a 0-3 deficit in the NBA playoffs and... If you want the best odds, right? Because you're going to want to really make it as much money as possible when you're betting on something so crazy. You guys want to use the Bet Stamp app because they're they're the place to really find the best odds. They're like Trivago for bet making, right? You, you go through all of the list, all the bookies, all the places, right? And you find the best odds for the bet that you want to place, right? Then you cash out and then they got a bunch of promos going on in Canada right now. So if you sign up using promo code Raptors and you sign up for these sportsbooks, you see you'll get 
what, what did we get when we had it regular like 400 bucks when we signed up for all these books so that's uh the, you know the matching credits and stuff so definitely check out the bet stamp app in the the description it'll be in the pinned comment as well and uh you know get those odds on the toronto raptors coming back from that 03 deficit or potentially something less risky in other series Riker. that's it then you go back to Philadelphia fans. Why do they? Why is this series important to them? Why do they feel the need to gloat in our comment section, Ben? Because it's been a tumultuous season for them. They have to deal with the Ben Simmons drama. I'm sure they're ready to wash their hair of that. They get a James Harden who really isn't as much of an impact player as you'd necessarily expect. They're still butt hurt from the Kawhi Leonard shot and us making the crying face a meme. And then they've just suffered through years and years of trust the process. So they feel it's overdue, Ben, but yep. I, I still don't have any empathy for them or sympathy for them because if the Raptors make a big comeback in the next game, uh, I believe it's on, when is it? Sunday, Saturday, Saturday. Yep. Saturday too. They win the next game on Saturday. We're going to come out with a lot of confidence going into game five, Ben. And that's because guys like, Precious, too. People are going to hate on him blowing a free throw down the stretch. Had a good game tonight on both ends. Played pretty good defense, whether it was Embiid or Harden. Ben, what are your thoughts on Precious Achua specifically? Riker, half hour ago, I was ready to be pumping that propaganda left, right, and center because he was genuinely. Obviously, this was a bit of a meme over the course of the season, especially at the start. And then it ended up getting spoken to existence when... I guess this wasn't, because we were saying the next Bam, the, or the next Giannis, better than Bam, but he quietly became Steph Curry, at least from behind the three-point line over the course of the year, and tonight, just an electrifying performance from him, with exception maybe Gary Trent Jr., who we got to talk about in this game as well, still dealing with uh, whatever illness he's got going on, but Precious, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and 9 of 11 from the field, and in my opinion, you know, I know Embiid had a remarkable performance, and some of that was against Precious, right, his 12-20 from the field, but I thought he played very strong defense against Embiid, as good as you can get. Unfortunately, Embiid's hit and turnaround jump shots and stuff. There's not much you can do about it, but all around, with exception of the last minute of regulation and minute of overtime, this is almost a near-perfect performance for Precious Achua and for a guy obviously big men take time to develop right for a guy that's this young was so raw the level of the amount of growth we've seen over the, of Precious Achua over the course of the season it's got to be people you know I think you and I both knew Precious was going to miss both of those free throws <laughs> given his past games and stuff the, the confidence even though he was having the best game of his life you, you gotta hand it to Precious, because, you know, you and I love the guy, but he he's gonna be so good for this team. So good for this team, and he's gonna become so much better in the offseason when he practices those free throws, because you're right. You needed to split them. Obviously, if you split them and the exact same final possession happened for the Philadelphia 76ers, the Raptors would have won this game. The other thing, we both knew... In overtime, if it was going to be close like that, we're probably going to have a big shot hit on us. That's exactly what happened as well. But what was interesting is we didn't lose to Joel Embiid down in the low post, right? He wasn't unstoppable. He wasn't, you know, get down there and all we can do is foul and hope he misses a free throw. He won the game on a couple of really wild fadeaway threes, heavily contested threes. That was most of his shots down the stretch. And that's because yep. Precious was keeping him out around the perimeter making him have tough, tough shots. He just 
hit some crazy ones on this one. So that was a fantastic performance. The other two guys that played really well is Gary, who you mentioned, good defense as well, and OG, who had some wild threes himself. Yep. Uh, the Starboy was absolutely remarkable, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about Starboy. We'll talk about Gary because we have a super chat that uh, is coming from Carter Fay using his channel membership re up for three months. Shout out Carter Fay saying, How are we feeling about the 76 coach? obviously alluding to Doc Rivers, crossing that line, running out into the Raptors' court to call that timeout. I know I was watching with my fam. They were questioning whether that's legal. Is Doc Rivers allowed to run in front of Drake and do all that chaoticness? And, you know, we we should discuss the coaching battle in this, but we've seen Nick Nurse, especially in that 2019 run, probably do that every single game. So we can't trash on Doc Rivers for doing that tonight, and I think you'd agree with that one. But what do you see from the coaching battle between Nick Nurse and Doc Rivers tonight? Because that's something that you and I thought we had a big favor in, but Doc Rivers is coaching his butt off this series. Coach his butt off, right? And what was the easy thing that any of the keyboard warriors where couch coaches like myself would have picked up in this one down the stretch, Ben. I'll just say it. It was get the ball out of Pascal and Fred's hands, who were really cold in this game, had terrible performances, the both of them, and put it into Gary or OGs, who were a lot steadier, who were creating shots in and outside of the perimeter. That would have just been kind of an easy offensive switch to make, but it didn't seem to happen, right? And I don't know if Nick Nurse just had trust that eventually it would happen down the stretch or, you know, maybe he was calling out, but Pascal Siakam refused. I don't know. But to me, ball's got to be in somebody else's hand who was actually shooting well for the whole game. Yeah, and we got another super chat coming in from C-Squared24 saying, no tech for leaving the coach's box, BTW. Uh, Amy Audibur, fire? Well, I think you and I both agree. It's it's not a technical. When the crowd's too loud, if you're trying to call a timeout, you got to get the ref's attention somehow. But I, I get the technicalities. But honestly, I'd be a little bit cheesed if we won on that route. I wouldn't be because yeah. the, the ref's in the first two games. But it is what it is, right? That's just that's something that's going to happen. Did Amy Audubon do something before I sound off on the coaching? Um, I don't know. Just throw in the flame emojis. Shout out to Amy. But, uh, you know, you brought up a lot of good points there. You talked about the offensive end a bunch. I thought defensively, Nick Nurse should have schemed a little bit more because we now Nick Nurse did make some great adjustments. Go switching from a two-three zone uh, fall after Doc Rivers ended up doing it because the Raptors were up by 17 points in the first half, and then the Sixers switched to that zone and completely slowed down the game. You know, in the first two games, they love to play that slow, lethargic pace that almost melts you to sleep right puts you to sleep going up against it in the zone really did that for the Toronto Raptors we've seen us struggle against zones the entire year the threes weren't on fire tonight for us so it made sense but Nick Nurse came back and ran the same sort of thing but immediately Doc Rivers throws in Niang and Niang ends up I think he hit two threes on that 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 zone, which you know threw in Nyang and Maxi. I'm not sure Nyang's uh, percentages, but Maxi's a 43% three point shooter. He was just making plays, making adjustments right away. That immediately worked, and you know down the stretch of the game, threw in DeAndre Jordan to stifle the pass. We kept in Fred VanVleet down in the paint, and the biggest thing that I noticed throughout this entire game, throughout the entire performance, what are we doing? Have Fred VanVleet on Maxi, like? He is absolutely, Fred is a phenomenal defender, right? People are voting him for all defense, but it's usually through his size and picking pockets and stuff. And, you know, he's a strong point guard. He's better at guarding, you know, 
wings rather than the super elite quick guards but maxi just has the step on him and he has the size so the floaters that he was hitting the drives the jump shots it, it was a bucket automatic bucket when we had maxi going up against fred and we have a guy in gary trent jr that is another elite defender that matches up so much better against maxi when gary trent jr was switched on to maxi he wasn't driving he was passing off being a bit passive but when we had fred there he was saying barbecue chicken right and i know i'm going on a little bit of a rant here Riker, but i watched back i watched back the nba finals and saw fred van vliet back then obviously just hound steph curry just bully the you know Looked like Matthew Delavadova-esque performance, you know, when he was all on that coffee stuff and did that. But that's not the same Fred Van Vliet. He was a lot smaller back then. Fred Van Vliet's sort of morphed more into a Kyle Lowry. If you look at the differences in just sort of the physiques, I'm not saying he's like out of shape or anything, but he's got a lot more muscle mass, a lot more size now. He's just not as quick as these other guards like Tyrese Maxey and them. He, he should have switched off onto Harris or something and then threw Gary Trent Jr. onto Maxey. That's my take there. Yeah, and even if they did that, maybe that was the matchup they were looking to attack tonight because Tobias Harris was aggressive in the first half. He was scoring, right? If Fred was on him, mm -hmm. then maybe that's the guy that they were looking to put the ball in his hands, right? I think you you make a good point that Doc Rivers definitely is coaching smart. And yep. not that Nick Nurse isn't, but there's, again, as the kind of couch coach, I'd still think that there are some easy plays or things that I'd manipulate if I was maybe somebody that had some decision-making power there on the bench for the Toronto Raptors. But we have some guys to talk about still. Let's maybe swing to the segments first just so we don't uh, scare people away. You know, you know the good stuff is coming. We can jump back into convo after. For sure. Uh, I was waiting just before we swing into the segments. I was waiting for you to bring up with the Nick Nurse comments. Uh, Getting my old iPad out and trying to figure out that zone offense. That's what. Get uh... break the zone defense. <laughs> I don't know. Did they do a horrible job? Like, was it that they were playing bad offense against it, or they just couldn't hit their shots? Yeah, it was more the shots tonight. Because there was points this season where we just, I guess that's more like Delano Banton and those guys not being able to execute. But uh, tonight we were getting the ball in the middle of the zone a little bit. But Fred, for, we'll, we'll we'll leave the Fred and Pascal talk for later. Because the chat is chat wants it now. But let's stay positive. Let's uh, keep the positivity rolling until we swing it into those segments. Tonight, the spicy pea lay of the day. I don't know who else you can give it to than Precious Achua. Just a couple of nasty dunks. A couple of just plays that really show the potential of this man. I, I saw on Reddit the, the comparisons to Giannis once again. Not just from us, obviously. I think some, some people are calling us the Raptors cheerleaders in the chat tonight. We'll, we'll embrace that. We'll embrace that. It's not a, <laughs> you know, if you want, if you want some Raptors, uh, more, more angry reactions, go peep Josh's po live, live watch along in the end of that one. So that's a, <laughs> that's where you get the, the dichotomy of Raptors Digest content. But, you know, those dunks from Precious were super nice. Do you have anything else? That block on Paul Reed, Precious had too. Highlight real factory tonight. What you? What else did you see from the the guys tonight? Yeah, Gary Trent Jr. had two hand block on Tobias Harris, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lots of good plays. Right, if the Raptors had to win this one, we would have had a real feast of different things to pick out from this game because it was pretty fun. It was back and forth. Obviously tied after three. Wait, was it tied after three? But then obviously tied after regulation, mm -hmm. and then real close down the stretch. So fun game. Can't feel too too bad about it, except for the fact that. Now we have to go where no team has ever gone before. It's happening. It's happening, folks. I'm going on my rant in the final alarm for that as well. But, uh, yeah, let's... Uh, oh, jeez. 
not all players can be the spicy play of the day, and some just make you say, oh, jeez. And there's a couple tonight. Get the big one out of the way first. The ghost of Kawhi Leonard. The ghost of Jordan Lloyd. They're looking up. The Joel Embiid kind of looking over. That shot went up. And as soon as overtime hit, Riker, as soon as it hit, I said, there's no way the basketball gods are not... I, I, did, I thought the Raptors would win, but I said, there's no way the basketball guards aren't giving the Philadelphia Sixers, 76ers at least one insane three-pointer. And unfortunately, it ended up being a game-winning three-pointer. But yeah, you got to give credit to Joel Embiid silencing the, silencing the crowd and doing that. Golden nope. Kazoo goes to Ben Rogers for giving too much credit to Joel Embiid in this podcast. You were appreciative or you were celebratory about him at the beginning. Not at the end, too, sir. You only get one This isn't the end, the sir. We're, we're, I'm going on some rants at the, in the final alarm. But we got a super check Bring on the, too, from, from Omid saying, if we win another chip, Scotty must become Kawhi. Scotty's going to be better than Kawhi Omid. Don't, don't stress that. We'll be, we'll be good. Look at this team. We're going to be nice. We're all like 20 years old. We were supposed to be tanking this season. So now we're out here. Almost almost picking off the MVP. So, love to see it. Or second MVP. Whatever you want to call it. And, whoo! Got a big super chat coming in from John Lang. 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 Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Saying, OG possesses talent that can be displayed because Pascal... That can't be displayed because Pascal keeps isolating and dribbling the ball. OG hit a one-foot step back over two defenders and beat uh, the shot clock in overtime. And we never gave him the ball after that. John... That's actually a tremendous point. Should have been brought up in the in the spicy PLA of the day as well. OG hit some incredible shots at the end of this one. And if he didn't miss that second free throw at the end, I guess it wouldn't matter because of Embiid's whatever. But I was gonna I was gonna come out with a rant and talk about how OG is the clutchest player in Raptors history and all all that sort of stuff. I had a bunch of content ready to throw out on this podcast, but Joel Embiid ripped it all from me. But do you agree with that, that uh, Pascal is holding back OG? I guess that segues to the No, not that Pascal's holding back OG, but I, I already made my point in this podcast that if I were Nick Nurse, I would have said, friends, Yakum, you haven't got it done this game. Gary Trent Jr. and OG, they're more than competent enough to create a shot, dribble the ball. It should be in their hands, but it no. didn't happen. That's all right. And even though we're the cheerleaders, Riker, sometimes you just gotta blow a golden kazoo. And tonight, the infamous, the one, the only, Paul Pierce Golden Kazoo Award tonight. It's a, there's a few guys blowing a golden kazoo in this one. And even though we are saying this first, before any criticism comes out of our mouths, we are not going to be, even if we get not completely destroyed in game four, we're not going to be on this rant and dealing with any of this trade Pascal for Andrew Wiggins nonsense this entire offseason. So get out of here with that. But Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam were, and they've not been horrible this series. Like they put up some solid stats. It's more so been external factors and injuries and stuff. Gary Trent Jr. not being healthy that have made them bad in the first two games or made the Raptors bad. But 12 points. 6 of 16 from the field, 0 of 2 from the three-point line for Pascal, 12 points, <laughs> 3 of 13 from the field, and 2 of 10 from behind the three-point line for Fred VanVleet. Nine assists. Got to got to throw out the entire stats, but that's bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. 
it's pretty bad. And is there anything that I could throw out to justify their performance? Not no, really. Hey, no. there's there wasn't sweltering defense. There was normal amount of defense, and they they didn't hit any of their shots. So next, <laughs> move on. We know we know they played bad. We don't want to hear the the Siakam slander. There's not not going to be any trashing on Pascal or anything like that tonight. But is this the test? Because I know you, Josh was completely off the fence, and he's completely off. <laughs> he jumped back on at the end of the season, but he was a he was a bona fide Siakam hater at the start of the season. You weren't a Siakam hater by any means, but you said okay. These playoffs. I was a Siakam really tough. indifferent. I was yeah, a Siakam yeah. indifferent. Does this affect your opinion on Pascal, like this performance specifically tonight? No, it can't. Can't. Come on. He finished the season, the regular season, yeah. almost averaging a triple double. He brought yeah. the Raptors from struggling to get that nine ten seed up to fifth or wherever we landed, right? And like you said, he had a pretty good first second game. Second game, we thought he was maybe a little bit, like you said, passive or complacent. But this game was just bad. You're allowed to have bad games every now and then. Like, people are saying Siakam's trash. Siakam sucks. Like, he's been good this series. He's been remarkable the, the entire end of the year. I think the number one option thing, like, if you're considering a number one option as a guy that can get you an easy shot, Siakam's not that guy. He, there, nothing no. that comes from Siakam is easy. But I think he's a capable guy of, you know, taking the lead role night in, night. You know, in the regular season, just being able to win you games as a top guy. Like, he's capable of doing all that. But we need a player that... Like, we saw Joel Embiid tonight against phenomenal defense of the Toronto Raptors, right? Our defense was... Especially when we were in foul trouble and stuff, was horrific game one and two. It is what it is. We let the Sixers get whatever they want. Tonight, play great defense against Philadelphia. Joel Embiid was still able to get, what, 15 points that just, where he made it look easy. Siakam's incapable of that. Fred Van Vliet's incapable of that. It's just how it is. Yeah, that's true, because even a mid-range jumper by yeah. either of those two, it's you not do making hold your me feel, Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's weird because I was watching a bit of the Boston-Brooklyn game, which, by the way, my take is aging better than your take so far in that series. That was just, a, Durant... that was just a passion thing. I, I said okay, the Celtics enough. was a... <laughs> He's on the run, Kevin Durant. They throw a lead pass, but it, it lags behind. So he catches the ball like well out of position, still manages to kind of in stride, put it on the ground. Two defenders on him. He pulls up kind of double clutch. Ball didn't hit the rim. You had no doubt that it wasn't going to be a make, right? Yep. That, and, and, and when he makes it, you're like, okay, that's an easy shot. Even though yep. the actual sequence of events was catching a ball way out of stride, still putting it down, pull up jumper over two guys and having to double clutch. But the way it goes in, you're like, yeah, that's, I mean, defense shouldn't have let him get that position. There's no spot on the court that you're right. That's Siakam or Fred Van Vliet. You, you just throw up your hands. If you're the cheering for the defense that you're like, yeah, they're going to hit that shot 10 times out of 10, which does kind of suck, but yeah, whatever. The encouraging thing is, I think there's potential with that from Scotty Barnes. Like, we've seen Scotty, whether it's against wing defenders, guard, especially smaller guards, but even like Sabonis and other centers around the league, 
Scotty Barnes can get himself an easy look. Like, he can just bully, post his way and then use those extremely long arms to, to finish around the rim. There's potential there from Scotty Barnes. And maybe, you know, Siakam's won a, a championship. He's won a championship. He has a ring on his finger being a complimentary star. People in this chat saying he's trash and he's this and he's that. Like, this guy was the second best scorer. Lowry was our second best player. But he was our second best scorer on a championship roster. Like, chill with that the hate, Milwaukee, That yeah. beat this Philadelphia, arguably a better Philadelphia 76ers team, right? There's, there's something about Siakam that it's, it's probably positional, the reason that he got his big contract. Because if he was six foot six or six foot seven, true small forward with his exact same game style, he'd have zero bag because he couldn't do what he does in the post. You know, there there wouldn't be a single defender in the league that would struggle to guard him. Right? He gets the benefit that a lot of teams you have to put your power forward or your center on him, and he can dribble enough. He's quick enough, right? He's not a he, he's as tall as Brandon Ingram, Kevin Durant, those guys, right? but he has a much stronger build than them. Yeah. So he does have the matchup usually against power forward centers. If he was a true small forward, there'd be no argument that he's overpaid. But what he can do at his position, even if it's not the same as what Jason Tatum can do, it still is special. And that's the reason that he's worth the money that you pay for him. But yeah. I guess the thing that we're looking for him to do is not what yeah. he does. Yeah, we got to hope Scotty Barnes becomes that or figure something out. But uh, got a super chat coming in from John Lang... Lang- Again, I apologize if I'm messing up the last name. They're coming in clutch with the super chats during a, you know, Riker and I's time of a little a therapy session with the chat. Not, many, not as many Sixers fans as I thought would be in here. Maybe they got sick of us praising Raptors fans. But uh, I bet Bubble Siakam could put up a better performance than this. That's how bad Bubble. That's how bad he played today. Like he was not good today. Like we're not coming out here saying that this this guy is elite tonight or Fred was great tonight, but. I guess we've we've harped on Siakam enough, or like a bunch. And before we swing it into the, into before we oh we got another super chat too. I'm the the chat's going like very fast right now. So if I've missed any tonight, call me out. Like call me out. But uh, Pascal Siakam equals wax wax scal subricum. <laughs> John, we like the meat. try again. Try again. We, wax scal subricum. Is uh, we appreciate the memes, we appreciate the encouragements, we appreciate the super chats. But we talked about Pascal and Pascal's Waxal's the Axum and uh, Blue Diamond Gem coming in with another super chat saying, uh, Fred is a poor man's Kendrick Williams. Trade now, folks. The only that's way we're Raptors, re- that's not a Raptors fan. The only way There's we're no reading way. it is if it's for a super chat, but. I think we do have we've talked about Pascal a bunch. Fred Van Vliet is is a guy that should be discussed more as well before we get into the final arm record. If Fred Van, what would you do if Fred Van Vliet came with a pair of uh, sports goggles on for next game? Henrik Williams. <laughs> Who's who is Kenrick Williams? Isn't that the uh, the white guy who played on the Bulls and he wore uh, no, the glasses? No, that's Kirk Heimrich. That's Kirk Heimrich. Oh, that's Kirk what I was Heimrich. picturing too. Kendrick oh, Ken- Henrik Williams. He's uh he's on the OKC Thunder. He has the the Texas haircut where it's like oh, no. normal fade, but then the back it's just a lump of the afro, like on the bottom. It's like a mullet. It's like the it's like an afro mullet. You know that guy? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that guy. 
Would you agree? Would you agree with that? That's oh. Well, you said we need to talk about Fred. We need more. to talk. Thing about is, him. thing is, to me, a bad game. He, a bad game looks so similar to a good game for Fred nowadays. Like he yeah. closed the season like shooting probably twenty five percent from three. He just took fifteen threes a game, so he was averaging twenty plus points. Right. So to me, a game where he put up only twelve. Just from the eye test, if you told me he put up 20, I wouldn't have questioned it because it no. it really is a chore for him to get his points. And his his consistency from the perimeter has been dropping, dropping, dropping. And my only defense of him last couple months has been, well, you still want him with the ball in his hands down the stretch. He's the best ball handler, right? He can run the pick and well, pick and roll pretty well. You know, and for those reasons, I'm not I'm not trying to hate on him, but a game like mm-hmm. this is tough. Yeah, and I I criticize Fred VanVleet's defense and his like just just from the eye test, my you know Danny he brought it up to me and I rewatched the finals. Like Fred VanVleet was a smaller guy, the defense and stuff. But people in the chat are bringing up Fred VanVleet's dealing with that leg injury that kept him out for a large stretch of the last the end of the season, and he was not good to end off this season. He wasn't looking like the Fred VanVleet that started this year, just because. You know, he wasn't as mobile and stuff. And maybe that's has to do with him getting burnt by Tyrese Maxey. So I want to preface my criticisms there, even though they're legitimate. And if you're out there on the court, you got to be able to play. But I don't even want to, like, ask this. But, like, who do you think is more likely to be traded? Just to appease the people in the chat, right? Just to appease the people in the chat. Who do you think is more likely to be traded this, this offseason? I don't know. I don't want to go down that yeah. road, Ben. We're, we're, I don't want to go down We're coming that road. back in seven, so it doesn't even matter. But Bueno Kitty saying, I believed you, Ben. Raps in six. Free throw fail tonight. Bueno, it would have been six, but unfortunately, we got to make it seven. We got to make it more dramatic. Nick Nurse knows. He knows exactly. We needed a game that proved that we can win, right? We needed two blowout losses at the start of the series, to make everyone write us off. We needed one win, or one loss in overtime that proved to the Raptors, you know, made sure we didn't get discouraged or anything like that. And then we just absolutely trailblazed the Sixers going forward in this series. So that's that's the plan. That's what we're rocking out with going forward. But, Riker, you want to get a little get a little alarming going? Yes, sir. That's right. The final alarm has sounded, folks, and I know we've been reacting to the chat this entire pod, but we want to really hear what you guys have to say about this right now. And uh, yeah, Blue Diamond Gem saying uh, Barnes will be the best player on the squad, and uh, yeah, I think I think we all believe that. Maybe OG. I still got to hope for OG because OG was just absolutely a beast tonight. But um, William Chan saying, we took Malachi over Desmond Bain. I refuse to accept our scouting uh, our scouting drop the ball so bad. Hope he gets more run next year. Malachi Flynn got some minutes tonight. I thought his defense was fine. It looked like the Sixers thought they had sort of a whoever offense sort of ordeal going on Malachi. And he held his own against Harden and Maxie and those guys. Offensively, looks like he was just shell-shocked out there. But... You see any positives from Malachi? I'm just reading through a list. I was curious if there was any teams to ever return from 
a zero to three or three to zero deficit mm. in the NBA. Of course, never in yep. the, in the NHL four among those Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay. So Toronto has a history of coming back among the very limited teams across all professional sporting leagues that have come back after trailing three to zero deficit Toronto is the city has hosted one of those teams, Ben. So there's still some hope that way. Malachi Flynn, to answer your question, he came out. I think he immediately drew charging foul against James Harden. It was a good start. And then after that, I thought, I don't know. I didn't notice him really do anything on the offensive end. Defensively, I thought he held up all right, gave some good backup minutes to Fred. Didn't hate seeing him out there. Yeah, I thought... I was worried when I saw Malachi Flynn coming in that fourth quarter. Obviously, you know, in theory, season-ish on the line. It's actually on the line in game four, so, you know, do or die, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I was worried, and he didn't ruin the game. He had a couple of missteps. He could have had a steal, right? He missed a couple of those loose balls, but didn't, didn't blow it by any means. We got a couple Super Chats coming in from John Lang again. This man's out here balling tonight saying, it's time to build around Scotty and OG we have to part ways with Pascal. I do agree, build around Scotty and build around OG. I've been an OG stan thick and thin for the past four seasons. Like, people were trashing on this man ridiculously this year because of injuries, but we see what he can do in the postseason. His three-point shot, his defense on Harden's elite, but we got a bunch of Super Chats coming in. Do you want to sound off on that before we get to, to a couple more Super Chats? Keep reading them off, my man. Zeke coming in with the Super Chat saying, where does the team go from here? OG and Barnes flash greatness, and we can still rebuild around them with their development mind. Like, this is, like, I get where you're coming from, Zeke, because the Raptors are used to having a bunch of old dudes, right, relatively old guys, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan was getting up there in age when we traded for him, not really, but, like, you know, guys in their prime that... Uh, might be over the hill, might not be. Damari Carroll felt like he was very old. So we're used to when we get knocked out of the playoffs saying like, okay, these guys are in their primes. This is their core that we're rocking with. They're not going to get that much better. But, and I get that Siakam and Fred, I think there were significant improvements from both of those guys this season. So it's not even fair to say that they won't improve. But most of our core is still super young. And I don't think we have to make that many changes this offseason. Get a bench. Yeah, get a bench. Maybe a center. I'm just... Precious? Thinking about what you're saying. The actual age of the team. And the guys that we didn't even play. Champagne and Banton. Maybe guys like that, right? Have an opportunity to come up and, and develop as well. Fred Van Vliet is the only guy I'd say is probably close to his ceiling. Although he had development maybe a little bit more respect from around the league because it was his team and he's the primary ball handler floor, floor general but usually when guys don't have extra athleticism right and their improvement has been on just creating open shots there's not really much else they can they can add to their game is there like he, he's not going to improve all of a sudden as finishing around the lane he's just i don't know i, I just he don't see it happen, shots so. against philadelphia in the playoffs <laughs> that would be big. That would be big. 
That that would be just just add that, Fred. We know you're awesome against every other team, but like if you can do it against Philadelphia, that would be blessed. But another super chat coming in from Dan Kelly saying, "Not slandering Pascal because I feel bad due to how great it was to watch him play at the end of the year, and but to show, but should we now be taking the threat of Scotty Barnes being a larger source of that success to end off the year, or taking the threat?" I guess, like, should we sort of be attributing more of that? Let me know if I'm misinterpreting your super chat there, Dan. But should we be giving more attribution to Scotty Barnes and his impact on the team, just given the fact without him we're getting crushed by the Sixers? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he'd be an impact player. And and I get why it's concerning, because if Embiid and Harden both had a game tonight where they only scored 9 for 30 combined, right, Philadelphia fans would be up in arms saying, what the heck? happened here and then on top of that we've already had a little bit of anxiety about our two top guys because they've been pretty inconsistent at times so I get it but one game right it wasn't another collapse or anything we were still in it yeah not not time to jump off the bandwagon yet Ben yeah you can't you can't jump off the bandwagon you can jump on the Scotty but like there's the bandwagon's getting overloaded, but that bandwagon is huge for Scotty Barnes. You can ride that thing all you want, but just because you're on one bandwagon doesn't mean you got to jump off the Pascal one. So I'll just say that. But I, I get what you're saying. We Scotty Barnes is a huge factor to this team. Even though he's like the fifth option, like scoring option, he's our facilitator. He gets us easy buckets and you know gets all that stuff rocking. So that's a that's huge. There, I live in the year 2022. Not 2019, Mustafa. We're living in 2019, at least for tonight. The ghost of Kawhi remains in my soul, even if Joel Embiid expunged it from his. But, you know, you knew it was going to happen. Like, the, the basketball gods, they have a way of just doing these things out there. You know, we got a lot of a lot of trashing on the squad. A lot of missing Kawhi. Do you miss That's Kawhi it. after this game here tonight? Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. You know, we have the next Kawhi and Scotty Burns, Ben. But my eyeballs are kind of burning out of their sockets here, staring into this light. Let's consider wrapping it down. It's one thirty in Newfoundland, Ben, after a loss. We're we're going. I'm going to, I don't know, I'm a masochist. I'm going to be out here reading a bunch of these these Sixers threads and stuff. Read the comment section. Might have to switch this title to Raps in 7. Who knows? Appreciate all the Raps fans. I thought there was going to be more Sixers fans in this chat. I'm not going to lie. But I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real. Riker, I want to I want to go on a little rant. I know we're ending this off here now. But Doc Rivers, and this is not to trash on Doc Rivers. The guy's been amazing. This You're season. ranting? Yeah, I'm ranting. So you all right, get I gotta, I'm backing away from yeah. the light. Yeah. Doc Rivers has been amazing this series. You can't criticize what this guy's done. Amazing adjustments, amazing stuff, all that sort of... All that is great. Tyrese Maxey is ferocious. He's great. Joel Embiid, hitting game winners. It is what it is. But the Sixers are cursed. They're a franchise that is just cursed. They were the number one seed last season, and they got knocked out by the Atlanta Hawks, who, let's be honest, didn't make the playoffs this year. We played them, they had Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid on a team. They were, like, there was, that's like five guys on close to max contracts. 
and we still took them in the playoffs with the most remarkable shot of all time. They are now being coached by a guy in Doc Rivers who has blown multiple 3-1 leads. Their GM is a guy that had superstar after superstar, was up, what, game six, was up 10-14 against the Golden State Warriors, and then one of their guys goes down and they blow that series too. And James Harden's out there blowing that those games against the Spurs, blowing those games against, the obviously, the Golden State Warriors. The stars might be aligning, Riker, for history to be made. That's why I'm going to bed stamp and I'm putting in <laughs> Raps and Seven. Nice. And, Ben, there has been three teams come back to tie it 3-3 after trailing 0-3. One is the ABA, the New York Knicks versus the Rosh... How do you say that word? Rochester? Roster? Rochester. Rochester. The Rochester Royals. Then the Nuggets versus the Jazz in 94 and the Mavericks versus the Trailblazers in 03. So we would actually join only four teams, even tying the series 3-3. to So... Let's start with next game, Ben. We got confidence. One game at a time. And just to end it off, William Chan saying, Ben said Raps fourth seed, but it was actually fifth. He says Raps in six, so we know it's Raps in seven, baby. Put it. Lock it in. Lock it in, folks. It's going to happen. But, folks, you guys are the best for making this far. Check out the Instagram, the Twitter, the TikTok, all of that cool stuff we got a super chat coming in to end off this podcast as well from alex waves saying could we replay the mb shot uh 9.0.9 seconds was way too long could we replay it i'm sure sixers fans will be replaying i guess you mean like challenge it or something i think they reviewed it to make sure it went off they you know they won this fair and square no ref cheese no nothing nothing we can complain about just the 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 basketball gods aligning to give him beat his revenge but now the real team's about to win this series, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what ends up going on. But, uh, folks, as I said, Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Subscribe to the Raptors Digest. May- manifest it. Make it happen. You have any last words on this game, Riker? Not tonight, Ben. Not tonight. Cheers. No words of wisdom? Nothing. We're going to just stew on this one this evening. We're stewing. We're stewing. You know what? I'll throw out some milk. We haven't thrown out the milk. Oh, we're also... Actually, you know what? Because you didn't have last words. We got to give a Scotty Barnes award. And tonight, it's going to Scotty Barnes. Just for uh, just for coming out here. And for receiving so much comments in the comment section about his impact. He's missed. So He's coming. To him. He's coming, folks. Cheers. Cheers.